the wrestling podcast about nothing, is brought to you by BDA Radio. BDA Radio doesn't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head on over to BDARadio.com and check out all of the latest news on the UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. They are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves. BDARadio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 26 presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully, they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended haze from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars, the irresistible force, the immovable object, the happiest man in wrestling right now, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. What is that supposed to mean? I, I am happy. I'm just a little tired, Mike. I've... Uh... I've been uh, hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours this past week. So uh, I'm a little jet lagged and a little tired. Well, I say you're happy because I'm sure you listened to Something Extra, our exclusive audio, every Thursday on YouTube. And I addressed the situation with the Overweight Classic, as we've been talking about here on the podcast, and Filthy Tom Lawler, UFC light heavyweight star. And there was a problem. Brian Buffet was back on the scene. He was in Tom Lawler's Overweight Classic, his uh, fantasy booked tournament with uh, all stars over 300 pounds. And I had said he goes on to round two, but something happened on something extra, Brian. We t- and I talked about it. We didn't have the opportunity to have you on something extra this past week. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait to never have to talk about this again. I think it's uh, I think it's going to be a great thing. Yeah, so check out Something Extra, our YouTube exclusive for the full details. Just go to YouTube.com, put in the WPAN in the search bar. You can find us, subscribe, and hear extra bonus audio every week from the wrestling podcast about nothing. And yeah, so all I can say is Brian Buffet is no more, and it's a damn, damn shame. (laughs) But I'm still Buffet in your phone, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Still Brian Buffet. And yes, you are a happy, happy man now that we're apparently past this whole Brian Buffet thing, sadly. And another reason you're happy, Brian, Tony S. Segway, is because you recently returned from a camp with Ring of Honor. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about this ever so briefly. There was a picture that we shared on our Instagram, at the WPAN on Instagram, of you as a part of the a large group that attended a camp at the Ring of Honor Dojo uh, last weekend. And it was a good thing for you, right? 
Yeah, it was uh, it was great experience overall to spend um, you know two very full days you know with with some with some great people there, Delirious, Christopher Daniels, B.J. Whitmer, the assistant trainers at the school, and guys you see in Ring of Honor television, Will Ferrara, Cheeseburger, our friend Todd Sinclair, uh-huh. um, Mandy Leon, Kelly Klein. Uh, I'm sure there's a couple more I'm forgetting, but what a great experience! Um, one to be able to go there and you know, show off what I can do because in one aspect, it was very much a tryout. In the other respect, it it was very much a seminar. So to hear some different perspective on things I'm doing well, things I can be doing better. Yeah. What an experience. Um, what a, what a, what a fantastic experience that was. Um, and I'm glad I got to do it and, you know, nothing, nothing to reveal, nothing to announce or anything of that sort. But, you know, I mean, the whole hope of going to that is to make inroads, uh, with that, with that company and, you know, I certainly hope that I've done what I can to, you know, maybe pop up there. You never know. You know, that's certainly what the goal is. Well, your and your other goal is to basically abandon me here on the wrestling podcast about nothing, correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. You know, we'll see. I mean, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. What do you mean by that? Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Abandonment issues. Abandonment issues. Uh, all right, folks. Thanks for downloading the show this week. The wrestling podcast about nothing. New episodes of this podcast are available every Monday on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, and of course, BDARadio.com. Folks, if you're listening to us right now on the Podcast Radio Network, thanks for tuning in, and we'd love to hear what you think. Tweet us at the WPAN. You can find us on the Podcast Radio Network each and every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, so go to podcastradionetwork.net for more information on that. Also, folks, we want you to not forget the three S's, share, subscribe, and star ratings. Thanks especially to Brian Bradshaw in the UK. He is at B double underscore 87. Thanks to La Chicana Carpet, Brian. They retweeted us. Oh, all right. At La Chicana Zero on Twitter. They retweeted the show for us. Halftime with Kane and Ice, a podcast. At Kane underscore Ice. And of course, BDA Radio, Chip and Tony from Checking the Boots, Booking the Territory, The Hurricane Oh, Rana. boy. Here we go. There it is. Chad <laughs> Alden from the New Age Insiders, Bill Neville. All of them retweeted our show. We very much appreciate it. It really helps get the word out there and helps us grow. Also, Limitless Wrestling also made sure to share the show. And we want you to share the show, too, because we want to be talking to more of you. So thanks very much to everyone who has shared and spread the word of the wrestling podcast about nothing. Okay, Brian, last week you were very negative to TNA. <laughs> saying they, they've been WWE light for the extent of their existence. And I kind of disagree with you on that. So this week, we are conducting a little experiment. We are finally sitting you down to watch an episode of TNA Impact Wrestling from beginning to end to see afterwards if your opinion differs at all, okay? And helping us navigate the TNA waters is a guy who watches the product week in and week out, our podcasting pal Mike Mills from Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. So stay tuned for that, our big experiment, Can We Change the Kingpin's Mind? Also this week, we got a little Merv Griffin time, we got a little promo about nothing, and we got a lot more. But first, before we get into all that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Bickering with Dean and AJ? 
I don't know if that be B D A J, Brian, but let's just <laughs> never mind. Of course, we saw last week's SmackDown Live and the back and forth between Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles, getting my cousin James Ellsworth involved. AJ versus Ellsworth for the title on SmackDown this week. It's a whole thing. But the big thing is BDARadio.com, the home of the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with our wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. They don't want none. They don't, they don't want none? Well, that just means more for you at BDARadio.com. Oh, boy. All right, Brian. After talking about TNA last week, I felt that you kind of had uh, an antiquated notion on the Impact Wrestling product. So I have forced you to sit down and watch the last episode of Impact Wrestling and see if we can change your opinion that TNA is still, after all these years, just a watered-down copy of the WWE, because that's kind of what you said, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's that's uh, that's what I said. Uh, taking shots at me right from the right from the get go here. Uh, good, good to see you, Mike. <laughs> so we strapped you into a chair. We forced you to watch Impact Wrestling, and we're going to see what you think in a minute here. But to help us on this quest, we have invited back a good friend of the podcast. He's a former wrestler, and he is the host of Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast and the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Review Podcast. It is New Orleans' own Mike Mills. Mike, how are you? Man, I'm great, man. I appreciate y'all bringing me back on. You know, it's uh, it's always good to to join the wrestling podcast about nothing. Well, after you picked against me in my match against Keith Lee, you can thank Crockett. Don't thank me because you know, I don't know if this would have happened. Ah, uh, uh, man, you know, hey, look, come on, man. We can't. The Keith Lee is is supremely talented. It was really, really hard, you know. And, and I, again, I had to pick him by a small hair, Malona. So just just keep that in mind. He's younger. He's slightly more agile, so I had to go with Keith Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian, did did he pick right? Well, yeah, you know, oh, we're, we're, here talk, we're here to talk about, about about Impact Wrestling, not Beyond Wrestling. Let's stay on point, Mike. Okay, both of you, both mics. All right, before we get into talking about the episode of Impact Wrestling that you watched, Brian, I guess we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about all the news in TNA this past week. You know, two weeks ago, Brian, we were like, uh, just wait a week and we'll have all this TNA news to talk about. And last week we talked about it, and there really wasn't much that changed other than. The pay-per-view and TV tapings did take place, but we didn't know like how that happened or whatever. But now, finally, some news is coming out, and it's a whole lot of it. So let's kind of go through this step-by-step uh, step here. First, Billy Corgan, it was revealed that he filed a lawsuit against Impact Wrestling. The parent company is actually Impact Ventures, LLC. And the suit was against them, against Dixie Carter herself, against the chief financial officer, and Dixie's husband. The nature of the lawsuit is actually unknown. We just know that a suit was filed, so that was a little strange. Also, we know that TNA owes an excess of $3.4 million between uh, Aralox Media, who has funded some TV tapings, Anthem Sports Entertainment Corporation, they are the owners of the Fight Network in Canada, and MCC Acquisition Corporation. Uh, and that group appears to be the group that is the uh, mysterious benefactor that funded the Bound for Glory show and these last TV tapings this past week. Also, we know that TNA now owes back taxes to the state of Tennessee. 
and they say the state could seize property if that debt is not repaid. <laughs> the the hits go on. There is an issue with music on the last episode of TV, and that caused a last-minute panic to fix. And the rumor was that that was over a pay issue for the music as well. And finally, there were rumors that at the last TV tapings, the talent was talking about filing for breach of contract if their pay was late. I mean, one or two of these things happening is bad news, but all this stuff going down uh, this past week, it seems like we are on the verge of something really bad happening to this company. Do you agree with that, Mike? Or um, One, can I curse? <laughs> I yes, forget. you may. This is a fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a fan of Impact. That's what's crazy about this. I, you know... Well, and the second thing before I comment, Mike, where did you get this? This was news to me. MCC Acquisition Corporation. Were you doing the dirt sheet shuffle? <laughs> yes. Okay. Because that one was news to me. Like I had read Mike Johnson's report from PWI Insider about the, you know, 3.4 million between Aerolux and the Fight Network and all that good stuff. But I had no clue about this whole MCC Acquisition Corporation. And I had also known about the lawsuit with Billy Corgan. It's a mess, man. Billy Corgan was like, all y'all i'm suing everybody and we're, we're about to we're about to just go to battle in court and you all gonna kiss my ass and we're gonna settle this like that this is a mess i don't even know where to start and then look man you guys know well i'm not saying you've had tax issues but what i'm saying is when a tax man wants his money the tax man gets his money so that whole tax issue thing when i read that i'm like oh shit this is about to blow up brian how are you feeling after seeing all of this laid out in front of you here well i mean it, does it not uh, feel kind of reminiscent about the the dying days of ECW. Uh, I mean, that's sort of what this. Uh, I guess WCW for that matter too. It just feels like that all over again. I mean, three point four million dollars in debt just goes to show you the level of mismanagement that that company has has gone through for a number of years. I mean, how much is that three point four million dollars uh, was probably spent on Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair's long-time presence in that in that company do you know what i mean like uh, just crazy to me the the level of ineptitude and in actual business matters uh when considering that dixie carter and, and kind of some of the powers that be in tna were not necessarily wrestling people but business people who got into wrestling to me 3.4 million actually seems kind of low when i think about it, i think i read somewhere that like to do like a week of tv tapings like this it could run you like a million bucks so 3.4 to me if they've been kind of borrowing money for these TV tapings for the past at least six months, it seems like a low figure to me. I mean... Yeah, and like Doc and I were talking about it either on this week's episode. I can't remember how long ago this nudes broke on and We discussed it on our show, but the biggest problem is... So now you got all these people that are owed money, right? Well, how do you then sell a damn product? Because you're not going to get all these damn people to agree. It's like the more people... It's like the more people trying to make a decision. If you got five people at an indie show that want to you know call the whole damn thing and call the angles and whatever you're going to do they they can't come to a consensus that's what's going to happen with this it's like who finally decides on a decision if they do want to sell and get out of this debt it's a mess man i i i feel my biggest thing you know that last thing you had mentioned about the rumors uh, at the last tv tapings were that the talent was talking about filing for breach of contract if their pay was late yeah i, I feel terrible for all the talent on that roster right now terrible they are stuck in the middle of this crap and it's it's terrible for them are you feeling like 
that tape library's price tag might be about three point four million dollars. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and see, like the thing is, Malonus. Here's the thing about that: the the only person, the only people who can really do anything with the TV library, and this is not. I'm not telling any. Thing that people don't know is the WWE because they can they can monetize it and they can use it on a network. Here's the other problem though: then bastards don't know how to put anything up on a the network. They still don't have all of this <laughs> south up on. They still don't have all the Smoky Mountains. They still don't have all the world class. So yeah, you can give them the freaking if they buy the tape library. I have one listener of ours tweeted. He said, "Yeah, if they buy the library, maybe it'll be up in 2075." <laughs> I mean, up on the network. It's true. They're not going to put that up on a network. I mean, they'll they'll say, "Oh, we got to digitize it, and we got to get man." I can already hear Vince. God damn, pal, let's go get the uh, TNA tape library. I mean, it just. <laughs> I'm not. So I'm not even optimistic about that part. If they were to get the tape library, because they're not going to put it up. Well, yeah, I can't imagine it's going to be something where they're putting up weekly episodes. I'm thinking it's in value in a AJ Styles DVD or video packages that they're producing or. Right. You know, ultimately, if they do something else about Sting or if Kurt Angle comes back or, you know, so there is some value in that type of stuff for them. But, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a matter of they just throw up episodes of Impact Wrestling on on the network for everybody to watch. Even though I think that would be cool, because I mean, I, I would love to go back and watch some of the some of the old stuff. I'm, it's just nostalgic to me. Um, not that it was not that all of it was great, because I know they had some stuff. They had a lot of terrible years but they also did some good things too so you know we can't forget about that so i'd love to go back and look at you know some of the old stuff with bobby Roode and eric young the guys who've been very successful samoa joe and whatnot going back to the wrestlers possibly walking out if their pay is late do you think there's any way that this happens because it seems like you know way back in the day talking about wrestlers forming a union and it seems like you can't get wrestlers to agree on anything and it seems like, like you know, some people decide to walk out, then the other people, will, oh, I'm going to stay because I'll get a better position in the company. I'll, they'll move me up the card if this guy goes. So do you think there's any way that a full group of wrestlers walk out of TNA at this point? No, it's it's going to be guys who have <laughs> – if you don't think that back-channel conversations are happening, feelers aren't being sent out to WWE – from certain talents, um, if they were to leave, would there be any interest? I, I think guys that know they have a spot waiting for them, if they were to walk out, are going to walk out. But guys who would have more uncertainty, I, I think, would probably stay there and, and hold on. Like, I can't. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, maybe guys like the Hardys, um, you know, possibly a Bobby Lashley. Guys who have options, if they walk away, I think, are going to be the ones that would do that. Guys who don't have options, I can't imagine saying, well, yeah, I'll, I'll leave this contracted situation and just go wing it. Well, I think the, the question you're asking is, remember, at this point, if you're talking about right now, if they say they're you know, going to just decide to walk away, remember, they just they wrapped up the TV tapings. So with the TV tapings wrapped up for the, for the foreseeable future, I think through the end of November, it may be at this time. Yeah, I think so. You know, what are they really walking away from technically at this moment? Um, but yeah, like to the point Malone has made, he's right. There, you know how it works. There's back channel discussions being had. Let's just say that these guys, like the Hardys and people who are, and I'm not accusing them and saying that they're doing it, but you know the stars of that show. There are back channel discussions being had. Right, and the rumor was if they're filing for this breach of contract, if this actually happens. I mean, there could be front channel negotiations because they would be free to negotiate with uh, someone like WWE. So, yeah, how, how long would it take, you think, for WWE to pick up the Hardys? Were they available? What about forty-five seconds? I mean, not even that. 
I mean, it'd be done in, in 10 seconds. Oh, okay, you're available? Yeah, come on in. Uh, that still kind of remains to be seen. And do you think that with this huge debt here uh, piling up, who who else could save the day but WWE? Mike, do you think that they will just buy everything? I know we talked about the library for a minute, but do you think they'll just swoop in and take care of everything? Ah, uh, good question. I mean, you know, I heard the rumor floating around that they would, um, I don't remember who broke this news a while back, but they would say they'd buy the library, and then once they buy the library, TNA could be rebranded. Uh, I don't. I mean, does Billy Corgan have enough money to even pull that off at this point? Uh, that I don't know. I'd love to see that happen because if that happened, that would mean that the company would still technically exist under a new name and a new brand. Maybe you know Impact Wrestling. But other than that, man, they're they're in a, they're in. Because I, I don't want to see them go away. Like I think it's I think it's terrible if they go away. I, I don't want to see all those guys because you know Malonis knows. I mean, he's still out there on the highways every single weekend. It gives guys who would not have a chance to work for a for a major company. It gives them it gives them a job. And I think and it may only be you know I guess maybe they have twenty to thirty people. I don't know how many people they technically have on the contract. But I just know that those are hardworking people, the talent there, and they deserve to work. They deserve to have jobs. I mean, you know, you think about the guys that they have. It, it, it would be sad if there's no more TNA and then those guys are now, you know, they don't have that, I guess, steady income coming in from Impact. They're, they're, Impact already allows the, them to work independent shows, but it's still nice to have that money coming in from Impact, obviously. So that would be that would be my thing. I, I, if if it does go away and TNA, the library is bought by Vince and WWE, I would hope that Billy Corgan could rebrand it and, and continue with at least some form of the company in a, under a new name. Right, and we know a couple guys, Brian, that are uh, collecting a paycheck from TNA, and yeah, that would definitely not be the thing that we want to see. But I mean, how many times now have we talked about you know we collectively the internet, uh, the you know the wrestling, the IWC, right, Brian? <laughs> yes. How 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 long have we been saying, oh, this is it for TNA, this is it for TNA, and somehow you know the Phoenix rising rising from uh, the ashes, they keep coming back. So I mean. You can never really count out TNA, but this is probably the most dire straits, the most grave situation that they've had to face. This is, I mean, I know they've had a lot of trouble, but I would say this is probably the worst that they've seen. It seems like a lot. I mean, it, they've been through a lot of trouble. I mean, I know when they lost the Spike TV deal and they end up on Destination America and then Last year, I know throughout the middle of 2015, they were going to come off of Destination America and what was going to happen. And then they make an announcement there on Pop, which I'll be honest, that one shocked me. I really thought they were going away at that point. And that was without all of this that we're talking about now. It just seemed like they weren't going to have a TV deal. You know, I think the story was Destination America was opting out of whatever the portion of the contract was. So that part completely shocked me. How they got the Pop deal, no idea. But it, they got it. So, but we've been, we've been here with them before. It's just a matter of, I just don't know if we've been here with you know Billy Corgan filing a lawsuit against everybody on the planet <laughs> associated with TNA, and then we we got the reports of you know this company owns a piece and they're owed three point four million, and this one's owed this, and this one's owed that. You know, so it's a mess. Yeah, and uh, I know you talk about every week the ratings, and they fell below three hundred thousand viewers for. For TNA, is that the first time that's happened, Mike? No, I think they've been under three hundred thousand before. However, the recent trend is what's weird with that because they had been above three seventy, and I think they did over four hundred thousand at one point. And to go under three, it was a steep drop in in like a two week time period. That was the the thing that was weird. The other part of it too that was strange was they since football season 
did not seem to be affected by the Thursday night games, the NFL games. Mm-hmm. Well, this was the first week where the WWE with Raw definitely seemed to have been. That was the part that struck me was this was the first time it was since the NFL started that they had that steep decline. And there's been Thursday night football for weeks now. So, I, yeah, it was kind of concerning. But I guess, you know, the other part, too, is you need to see. You got to give them another another week or two to, to see what kind of trend happens. Now, if next two weeks or so they drop and they're still, you know, 270, 280, that would worry me. All right. So we're getting into talking about the, the TV product as opposed to the business side of things. Mike, you took a look at uh, Bound for Glory, right? You watched the pay-per-view? Yeah. What were your general thoughts on the recent pay-per-view? I thought they we, – we had talked about it on our show. I thought they did a really good job overall. I mean, the whole decay and, and Hardy feud came to – well, it didn't come to an end. It actually came to an end the next week on TV. But I, I like how they built that up. The only thing that I didn't – I don't like, and, and I, I think Malonis knows Aaron Rex, but I don't like – it's not him I don't like. I don't like the grand champion thing that they did with the culmination of it. Uh, I mean, playing up to the – that was like the one thing that I thought was weak as they played up to the, to Bound for Glory. Uh, other than that, I, I I had no problem at all. I thought that, you know, Moose and Mike Bennett, I uh, think they worked each other, and I thought that was that was a pretty good match. You know, say what you want about the whole situation with TNA and management. To me, that whole roster works their tails off, and they want to put out a good product. And they they are... They are some soldiers that are going out there and wanting to make this company succeed. And if this company does not succeed, uh, as I look back at how you know the whole Bound for Glory lineup, the, it, it won't be on what the talent did. It will not be on the talent at all. It's completely on management, and that's what sucks. Right. Because that pay-per-view – look, I'm going to compare uh, – people going to go, oh, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. If you look at some of these last few WWE ones – that Bound for Glory was not terrible. I could No Mercy was good with Dolph and The Miz and, and AJ and the Triple Threat. But beyond that, I was not – that pay-per-view was terrible to me. So two matches don't make a pay-per-view. If you look at Bound for Glory, it was better than No Mercy. People going, oh, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I watched both of them. That's just my opinion. I just really feel that way. Um, so I thought Bound for Glory was good. I'm not going to sit there. It wasn't. I don't know what, what you would rank as your best pay-per-view ever, but it wasn't that. However, it was it was good. It paid off some feuds. I thought it was fine. I liked it. And the main event of that was Bobby Lashley and EC3. And Bobby Lashley retained the TNA World Championship. And since then, the TV after that, Eddie Edwards defeated Lashley for the TNA World title. Eddie Edwards is a, a local guy, Brian. And uh, how do you feel about Eddie Edwards being the new... TNA World Heavyweight Champion. From a from you know personal standpoint, knowing the guy personally, I mean it's awesome to see him succeed. I mean obviously, just tremendously talented guy. You know he did great things in Ring of Honor. Was their World Champion at one point, and now to see him, you know, on top of you know now now two of the top three wrestling companies in North America. I mean that's pretty that's pretty amazing stuff right there for for a guy from Boston from Killer Kowalski School. And I think just deserving because he is an, an amazing wrestler. Um, and, and, I, and I think you could add him to a list of guys that, uh, like you had said, if, if something happens with TNA and it goes away, I think, I think he's going to be a guy that will be more than okay. And speaking of championships, we'll get into the Grand Championship as you were talking about Mike and Aaron Rex in just a second. But let's talk about this past week's TNA 
Impact Wrestling, episode 141. Brian, I'm sure when this show opened, you groaned slightly when it opened with a promo. <laughs> well, it's the wrestling format and just goes more to my analysis that it's it's WWE light. And it was Eddie Edwards coming out and cutting a promo and actually Lashley uh, ended up attacking him. And then, well, you know, Brian, there's there's an authority figure. Billy, <laughs> Billy, Billy Corrigan uh, in a, a backstage promo took away. Aren't you trying to disprove my theory? Is this, this wasn't the point of this episode. <laughs> Let me know when you start disproving. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Look, Corrigan took away Lashley's rematch for the championship. So that was that and then we go to the grand championship aaron rex versus jesse goddards brian we are very familiar with jesse goddards we're both familiar with both these guys right yes aaron rex comes from the area and jesse goddards from our favorite tv show big brother mr you guys watch that? <laughs> of course, of course you guys we watch do. that what the why hell don't you watch it with I can't watch that hokey horse shit, man. <laughs> you watch wrestling. Come on. I do. And I watch Total Divas and Total Bellas, too. So oh, my you. God. But you're forced to watch those, right? I'm forced to watch Total <laughs> yeah. Divas and Total Bellas. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, just so me and my wife can say we have something in common. <laughs> so let's get into this, Mike. You talked about the Grand Championship. The format here is it's a round system. It's very uh, almost down to the letter, reminiscent of... Mixed martial arts in terms they have rounds, they have judges sitting in tall chairs at ringside. They're never identified, and they're not anyone that you're familiar with. They're just three random faces at ringside watching the matches and uh, giving scores between rounds. And I guess if it goes the full three rounds, you have a judge's decision. But it hasn't happened, and it didn't happen this week, I should say, uh, as Aaron Rex defeated Jesse Goddard's in round three, but Jesse did win the first two rounds. The rounds concept, as Mike alluded to, it's it doesn't work for me. Um, it's hot garbage. Yeah, it just kind of kills the momentum. And let's talk about for a second Aaron Rex. Brian, We, I think we actually talked about this with you, Mike, that Aaron Rex is he's no longer an intellectual. He's no longer a stunt double. He's just Aaron, and with that, there's nothing there to grasp onto. What do you think, Brian? Um, I mean, yeah, so you're watching this episode and some of the stuff I've watched with him, he's just, all of a sudden, he's just a guy now. He's just a guy in white trunks, <laughs> in white boots, um, which, I mean, maybe that's really what he wants to do coming off of some of the hokey stuff with WWE, but I also think that that's what got him over with the fans in WWE was um, some of the hokey entertaining stuff. And I mean, the touchback upon this match concept, oh my God, just, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what the thought process is. I, I don't under, uh, I mean, no, I mean, I, and I get they're trying to present it more as like a sport, I guess is, I think is the idea of these round, this round thing, but it does, there's no momentum in the match and it's just some awkwardness. And then that, the finish of that one came, just out of nowhere now because they got, oh, my God, there's only two minutes left in this round. And so it's going to always lead to very rushed finishes. And I, I don't know. It, it's it's hot garbage. It's different, though, <laughs> Brian. It's different. Different. Is, I, I, can, I, I can appreciate trying something new, but different isn't always good. 
Well, Mike Mills, why don't you convince Brian that this is the greatest concept in pro wrestling history? No, I can't fucking okay. do that. Um, <laughs> this shit. Is, I like Aaron Rex. Um, he is so talented. He is. He is. Uh, God, that guy should have never been released from WWE. You know, I, I won't sit there and tell you I like completely the, I guess, character that he's portraying right now. But I, I think part of what the problem is this stupid round crap. This is a thing I know over in the UK, I think they do this a little, mm-hmm. um, you know, just talking to, to friends that have been over there and worked over there. And I think that's, you know, what they're trying to get at. Like maybe, I don't know, I'm not in the management's head there, but maybe it's trying to, you know, leverage and say, okay, well, our UK audience kind of likes this concept. They do it over there. So let's kind of mix this grand champion thing in and make it, make it that. But it's, uh, it's not working. It's just dumb. I actually had, I had made mention to it and even asked this week again for some more feedback from some of our UK listeners because we do have, we have a bunch of people who listen from the UK. And one guy in particular, he had sent me feedback and said, you know, he lives over there and he doesn't like the whole round situation when it comes to, to wrestling. He thinks it's stupid and he doesn't buy into it either. He wants to see them wrestle and not work rounds. And Brian actually said something that really makes a lot of sense. Finishes and stuff come out of nowhere because you can kind of almost force it and see it's coming because you have that five minute limit. So they'll try to make it where it's, it's, it's a surprise. It's not a surprise, but they want to play it like it's a shot clock, like an NBA finals where, Oh God, it's down to you know 30 seconds left. What's going to happen. It just makes it more predictable to me because you got that stupid clock. And it's just, I can't, I can't do it. I mean, I, I've tried, I've given it a chance. So it's not that. So anybody watches TNA goes, Oh man, you kiss TNA's ass. I not really. Cause that's some bull crap. I do not like watching the grand champion with the rounds. I, it's dumb. I don't like it. I wouldn't want to work a match like that. That's the thing. You know, I haven't worked a match in a long time. Malonis, would you want to work a match like that with the rounds? No, you can't build up any any sort right. of a story. You can't build up any any sort of drama. And as far, I mean, if you wanted to do uh, some false finishes, I mean, you just like come right out of like the round and just go right into it. I, I just, it, I, to me, it doesn't lend to the storytelling nature of, of professional wrestling. And it's the rounds are three minutes, right? I think there was five on the pay-per-view, and I think they did three on TV for some yeah. reason. I think this recent episode, it was three minutes, and it's just like three minutes goes very quickly <laughs> inside of a professional wrestling ring. It sure and does. To, to build up any sort of momentum in, in that three minutes, I mean, it'd just be – just an extreme rush. Uh, I mean, it just kind of lends to like this very mat based sort of, I don't know. It's no, I would hate it. I would be miserable if I, if I had to wrestle in a match like that. I, I couldn't even, I, I wouldn't even, I don't want to say I wouldn't even know how to put it together, but I just would be like, you know, I'd look at the guy that you're working with and go, what are, what are we going to do? We got, we got to fit this into, cause you think about it, like Brian, you're building it like that. You're building it into, you know, three, five minute chunks. Like, <laughs> I guess I guess you're actually calling three different matches almost. It's I don't the whole concept of it. I don't like it. It's terrible. I, it's terrible. And I feel I feel I don't like that. And it, the, the worst part about it is they have one of the most talented guys on the roster, in my opinion, who's the champion of it. That's the worst part about it. So I feel like I feel like Aaron Rex, Damian Sandow's talent is being wasted on it. That's the part that kind of gets me more than anything. Yeah, I mean maybe that's part of the reason where I'm I'm kind of sour on. Aaron Rex in its current form. Maybe that's... I think that's... To me, that's how I look at it, Crockett. Okay, yeah. Speaking of concepts, uh, Mike, I want to skip back. I mean, I've been catching up recently on on TNA, and 
the previous week's episode, there was this Team X Gold. Do you remember this? Refresh my memory. <laughs> it, they, it was like a six-man tag team match, and they kept saying it's Team X Gold. Oh, oh yeah, with the X Division guys. Yeah. I yeah. had a hard time figuring out what the concept was. They said something about, like, the ref is going to be very strict with his five counts in this kind of match, and I'm not... I don't know. It, it was just strange. It was kind of weird. They kept talking about Team X Gold, Team X Gold, and never really made clear in my mind what the hell is going on. <laughs> one, thing that, one thing that TNA does often is they try to work into these names of matches and, and different things like that to, I don't know, they feel like they have to name everything. And I don't know if they get that from WWE too, but I've, I've noticed that. Like each, each and every week, I know they did it on Destination America. It was like every episode it had to have a certain name to it. Right. Like you just couldn't say, you know, tune in for Impact Wrestling. It was Impact Wrestling, you know, does blah, blah, blah. It was like every single week that it. So I don't that to me, it's like a continuation of that where everything seems to have a name to it. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Crockett, maybe you actually have disproved me here because maybe they are not WWE light. They may be WCW light. Oh, come on. Come on. I mean, this is maybe AWA light. This is like a team challenge series uh, concept. (laughs) The infamous. (laughs) There's people who have no clue what you're talking about, Malonis, with the team challenge series. That was crazy BS crap. (laughs) All right, Brian. You want different? I'm going to give you different. All right. The Broken Hardies. There you go. They're different. They did a promo after that Grand Championship match, and Matt Hardy is a weirdo. <laughs> That's awesome, isn't it? He's great, Miss. Hey, I'm gonna, said- Crockett, do you want me to relay that message to him uh, next week when I see him? Oh, um, yeah. He'll probably appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, the Hardys now... Jeff is by his side, Brother Nero. They're a tag team. They're the tag team champions now after Bound for Glory. And they cut this promo. And Matt's just, yeah, a wide-eyed, crazy person doing a, a strange, strange laugh. And uh, the Tribunal, who are two former NXT guys, the, the French tag team, they came out and attacked the Hardy. So it looks like it's those two teams going forward here for the tag team championships. But the Hardys, Brian. You can't deny the Hardys. That is different. No, it's different. And the Hardys are Hardys are great. What they're doing is great. But you're also talking about two Hall of Fame level performers in this industry. Well established resumes like like few have ever had, you know, in this business before. So I, I think I think, yeah, absolutely they're different. And they're guys who are established enough to overcome try new things because they're already over and then overcome some of the odds that you know the long odds that tna presents to its uh, performers so you're saying they're uh, doing something different in spite of the challenges of being a part of this company. yeah i mean you don't you don't you don't think that i mean there, there's two guys there who are so established that if they're presented with something that they don't like, they could you argue that the Hardys probably have the stroke to essentially do what the hell they want? Well, yeah, definitely, definitely. What do you think about that, Mike? I think the whole Broken Matt, Brother Nero stuff is genius. The thing that they did with Decay at the compound, I, 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 there was so much in that that was, uh, we, we talked at length about it the episode after it aired, and they, Matt and Jeff with this, is it's unreal. I, I had made a note, um, I think it was this past week, <laughs> Matt Hardy, when they were cutting that promo before uh, uh, Basile Barak and uh, the other guy came out, 
Uh, <laughs> Baron Dax? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Matt Hardy mentions in the promo, the bucks of youth in the day of new as other champs. <laughs> um, boy, he, you know, give Matt credit for finding a way to weave in without really saying the names of other <laughs> teams that, you know, work for other promotions. And I mean, he caught, I mean, if you remember when they went to the, the zoo to drum up their primal instincts, when Matt and Jeff were sparring with a fucking kangaroo, um, <laughs> In the in the, <laughs> on the uh, when they went against Decay, they called the the monkeys spot monkeys uh, in the in the monkey cage. It's just brilliant what they're doing. So that is definitely not WWE light. What those guys have done, yes, they are as far away from WWE light Brian Malonis as anyone. Yeah, and it's gonna be, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be even better when it's on WWE TV in like a month. <laughs> but you know what, I, Doc and I have had that discussion on booking a territory. We think WWE will ruin it. They'll find a way to just screw it up because that's what they do. That's what they do most of the time. Yeah, right now it's basically Matt and Jeff running their own angle, and once yeah. you get it in the system like WWE, there'll be so many hands in the pot that yeah, it's not gonna be the same they <laughs> won't have that creative you know you hear the term creative control i'm assuming i i don't know this i never talked to matt and jeff in my life i'm assuming like brian malonis that they have almost 100 percent creative control of what they're doing right now i would assume that <laughs> and and I, I don't know you don't get that in wwe unless unless uh unless i've been lied to all these years <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe I'll try to get an exclusive for the WPAN. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on a show with them next Friday night, so maybe uh, maybe I'll see if I can get a WPAN exclusive. Maybe I can get confirmation of their creative control. There you go. That would be there fantastic. <laughs> and we'll credit the WPAN for that breaking news on Booking the Territory. What, is it breaking news or is it broken news? There you uh, go. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Let's, let's move on to Cody, the man with no last name. He uh, made his in-ring debut this past week on Impact Wrestling to take on a local guy here for us, Brian, in New England, uh, Matt Bennett. and or, or Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett, right? Yeah, Mike Bennett. Huh. Oh, my goodness. Matt Bennett was uh, is the referee in uh, NXT <laughs> WWE. Crockett can't keep his name straight uh, that he's trying to drop. yes so uh cody made his debut with uh brandy rhodes at his side and mike bennett had maria with him and i mean it was a good match what did you think mike no complaints i like seeing you know that's i'm this is another reason why, why i don't want like tna to go away and i want impact to to stay afloat because to me a guy like cody I think he could be possibly blazing a trail for what like future talent could do that leaves the WWE where it doesn't work out. Because if you think about it, I mean, he's doing stuff with Ring of Honor. He's on these indies running around. Now he's with TNA doing some things. It's like he's like saying, you know, screw the blueprint that we've seen the last 15 years with the WWE. Once you're gone, you're kind of out of sight, out of mind. He's bla- I would I hope he's blazing a trail that can be done by others. Because I don't like the fact that the WWE kind of like handcuffs people, you know, where that's the only place. It's not only that I, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but I want, yeah, ROH is still there and yeah, Impact is there. But like a guy like Cody, he's got the, you know, the ability to go anywhere, it seems. You know, he's, he's able to blaze his own trail, whatever companies he wants. And I would want actually that for more talent that gets released. Yeah, I think kind of Alberto Del Rio had a similar thing where he was not signing contracts and just kind of you know checking into all these different companies on his right. uh, on his own terms. 
Right. So yeah, that's definitely, I mean, I guess you kind of have to have that built up cachet to be able to do that. But for right. the guys that are able to, that's, yeah, that's a fantastic thing to be able to do. And this match is where I noticed something that has been kind of a TNA staple. And it's definitely not like WWE, Brian. Um, it's, they're kind of too fast. They cut to replays like immediately after a move is hit. They don't let anything settle. They cut to the back way too soon after a match ends. The guy's like raising his hand and then boom to the back. Like there's no room for anything to breathe. And that's one problem that I have with TNA that I've always had with TNA is the fact that they don't allow things to breathe like post-match, like all this stuff. Brian, do you get that feeling as well? I mean, I, I didn't, it wasn't something that was super noticeable to me, but hey, Mike, one thing I did see TNA uh, you know, blazing a trail in this match with was uh, during the Miracles entrance, uh, hearkening back to the, to the old days of pro wrestling with no, with no music, but also having a, an entrance video. I mean, I really thought that was creative and new and different. What do you think? <laughs> well, that was probably, a, uh, that was, as we talked about in the opening part of the discussion, that was the issue with the music. Oh, I thought, I thought that was them doing something different. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was something different. It was called a current TV product that had, a, a, I guess, a lawsuit issue or a rights issue on using music. A company that's on national TV couldn't even use the music. Oh, I don't, you know what, I'm, let me just stop. That was sad was what that was. That, see, like that right there, the prime example. That's the talent suffering. Because it, the whole presentation looks completely different. And DJZ coming out to nothing and, and Mike Bennett coming out to nothing. It just, like you said, Malonis, it looked like something's missing. It just, it was crap. Oh, yeah, it, it, just, was, it, was, it was, it was so obvious that they right. had to edit out music and. Right, uh, right. Just, they, I mean, very strange terrible. and it's just, terrible. you know. Another thing I want to talk about uh, practice, it seems recently with TNA, is piping in crowd noise, uh, especially, I think it's mostly for the entrances, but it was really noticeable um, for Marche Rockets entrance for the uh, X Division title match against DJZ. He, like, coming out there, and there's, like, this murmur, this level of noise in the crowd, and you just look at the crowd, and no one is moving a muscle. It was really obvious to me that they were piping in crowd noise, and it just didn't, obviously, it didn't fit the look of what I'm looking at on the screen. It was, uh, yeah, it's an another thing that presentation-wise didn't quite work. Well, with SmackDown being live now, I think they have the market cornered on pumping in, pumping in crowd noise in post production. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to knock them too much on that. I mean, I, you know, they did it, but yeah, SmackDown did it for years on on end. So you know, maybe they're WWE light in that area, right, Malonis? Thank you very much. I feel like uh, an attorney who's just watching. Uh, like a defense attorney who's watching the prosecution just just make my case for me here. Uh, I'm just gonna sit. When this is all done, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rest. I'm just gonna be like, well, the, the defense rest. I, I'm not gonna even need to present the case. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, You're making my point. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mar Marche Rocket is he down from your area, Mike? No, no, no. Marche's uh, from Chicago. The oh, okay. um, but I've had Marche Rocket on booking the territory as a guest. Oh, okay. And Marche is very talented. He's a, as you can see, a big guy for the X Division. I don't want to say he's like Keith Lee uh, because I haven't seen enough of Marche and I've seen a lot more of Keith Lee. Because no one's like Keith Lee, right, Mike? I don't think so, man. That dude does stuff that people his size shouldn't be able to do. Uh, right, um, right, Kingpin? No one's like Keith Lee. 
Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm right with you there. <laughs> no arguments um, here. <laughs> but uh, but uh, Marche is a very agile big man for the X Division. And, you know, I hope there's a reason, you know, if I can point out one singular reason. That's one singular reason why I don't want Impact going away, too, is a guy like him, been on the Indies for a while, finally getting a chance on a national stage, albeit Pop TV. I know they're not in that many homes, as many homes as maybe a USA. However, you know, and Impact is obviously not as popular as WWE, but a guy like him getting a chance to show what he can do and do it where people can see him do it. So that's that's another reason. But he's a very talented guy. If you've if you've seen any of his indie work, I mean, you can YouTube. He's he's very agile. He's a big man that can move and do a lot of things that you know the little guys can do, as I always say. So let's talk about Maria versus Gail Kim. They they use weapons in this match. They're still calling them knockouts. Do you think, Brian, that's a little outdated at this point now that the divas are no longer divas? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing where WWE was ahead of the curve on is getting rid of that uh, silly moniker. And um, I'm surprised that TNA didn't follow suit immediately. Although I will say, I I think overall over the years, they've probably done a, a slightly better job of allowing their female talent to just go out and wrestle. I, I think I don't think they have the history of some of the silliness that WWE would do with the women, but yeah, I think the name is passe. I think it probably should go away, but maybe maybe with some of the ongoing stuff, they don't really feel the need to make the change right now. Yeah, I think TNA kind of plays a trail for the women. So maybe do you think that the WWE women's division is TNA light, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd say it took what TNA kind of maybe started and. Brought it to a whole nother level. How about that? Okay, I guess we'll uh, we can agree on that. I think Mike would agree with that because uh, you know a certain somebody that he might like. Here we go. Is at, is at the forefront <laughs> of the division. <laughs> I wasn't even going to bring it up. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. Quick thoughts. This is our Sasha Banks segue. <laughs> um, what do you think about Sasha versus Charlotte Hell in a Cell? I'm worried. Um, I just don't want them to kill each other. That's all I can say. Malonis probably has a lot more to say about it than me because, you know, he's, he's seen her work and, you know, he was there for her training. But I just worry. I don't want them, I don't want them to kill each other. I, I, I think know. they're going to main event the pay-per-view personally. I think that's going to be. I think that's going to be the main event of the paper. Is that a little bit of inside knowledge you got there, Malonis, or what? No, that's just that. No, based on nothing other than gut instinct. And and if a, a, the first ever women's Hell in a Cell match is not going to main event a pay per view, I'm not sure the girls ever will main event a pay per view. You know, I thought about the whole Boston angle too with it because it's in Boston, right? It is in Boston. Yeah. So I was like, did they do that because you know that's technically her hometown and. I, I just I don't want them to kill each other. I'm, I, I'm, I actually worry for both of them in that match because as you as you all have seen, they will go all out. They are fearless. They're like, let's go out there and we were going to kill each other. We're going to be like, we're going to go out there and we're going to put a show on. And that 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 worries me a little because God, I told uh, Malonis, I had told Crockett when we were talking a couple weeks back when it was still speculation. I said, man. You know, this is no disrespect to Sasha, but she's like a crash test dummy. And what I mean is when she takes those bumps, she's fearless. She's just she flies. She flies around and she doesn't care. It's like, pew, boom. And, and you go, oh, oh, my God. You know, I, every time she does something crazy, I, not crazy, but high risk. I'm like, oh, God, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> um, and it, it's, it's more the look It's because she sells it so good, too. It's not a, again, it's not me dissing her. It's just they worry me the whole the whole hell in a cell with them. I'm worried. But yeah, we'll they see will if push they, the envelope. They will certainly yeah. push the envelope. <laughs> yeah, because they're fearless. They want to go out there. And especially, you know, if they main event it, those two are going to want to go out there and go, you know what? We're about to blow the roof off this bitch. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So that's our side note on Sasha Banks. We could. Damn! I thought we were about to get into the top five <laughs> Sasha Banks moments. <laughs> next time, Mike. Next time you're on. Uh, Point of note: You guys brought it up. I didn't say a word. <laughs> yes, that's that's true. That's true. Okay. All right. Back to TNA. Let's let's finish this thing out. There was an, a vignette right before the main event. Three guys dressed in black, like white blank masks uh talking about standing up for what's right and being opposed to what's wrong uh, the way this vignette just kind of happened and no one acknowledged it it kind of was i guess reminiscent of the nwo uh, <laughs> here we go again brian I'm, I'm kind of making your point you're making my point um but yeah this is just a, a little something for that's going to lead to something down the road i assume and it's going to be it's going to be awesome when one day that uh they're talking about how it's too bad Impact Wrestling went off the air before this angle ever paid off. <laughs> oh no, Brian. Let's let's be positive here. Let's think positive. <laughs> All right, let's go to the main event. I'm positive that this angle, that TNA will no longer be around when this angle pays. <laughs> this oh, is, that, I, I'm, I'm very positive of that. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, the main event: Moose versus EC3. So. Moose, that's another guy, another talent that um, is allowed to flourish. I mean, in ROH, he was slowly working his way up the card, and he comes into TNA, and he's he's right near the top. And, I mean, that's great for him. And EC3 has been a main event talent since uh, day one, coming over from NXT. The main event, what did you think, Brian? No, I mean, I thought, I thought it was a good match, and, and this is what... Now this is their where their opportunity comes to to be different from WWE in that they have two talents um, that they are essentially introducing to the world, sort of thing, you know, and and the mold that they're that they're presenting them. This is where they could be, and and I think they are actually different from WWE. And it's these are these guys aren't retreads, you know. I mean, EC3 came from WWE, but he was there for, uh, you know. Uh, half a cup of coffee, uh, you know, as they say. And uh, Moose came from Ring of Honor, um, but again, he, yeah, he wasn't the guy who was at the forefront of their of their product. Not a guy presented as a, like a main eventer or anything. And yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was a really good wrestling match. Yeah, and Moose earns a title shot by winning this match here. What are your feelings on Moose, Mike? Oh, I like Moose. Ever since uh, I remember, one of the first matches I saw of his was Ring of Honor last year against DiJack. And him and Dijak went out there, and it was probably – I'd seen both of them, you know, for, for some time. But I guess that match caught my attention because they – and Dijak told me they did edit a few things out. They weren't going quite as fast as what the match looked like on TV. But to see Moose as a big man moving the way he does was pretty amazing. So I like Moose. I think he's very talented. One of the things that I've loved about him in Impact since he left Ring of Honor is – his promos i don't remember and i could be wrong uh, and i've never been to an roh house show so i don't know if he was given a lot of promo time on house shows but i don't remember him being given a lot of promo time on ring of honor tv i could like i said he I, always I had a manager work. he always had like uh stokely uh, hathaway stokely. and uh right. veda scott right so he wasn't really given mic time and one thing i've noticed since he's gone to tna is he's been given time to be on a mic and i gotta say I think Moose is pretty good on the mic. I mean, he, you know, he's not Stone Cold Steve Austin at this stage, but he's pretty damn good. And I like the fact that there, and to me, that shows more of his personality as a wrestler where he doesn't have to have a, a manager speak for him. 
he can he can do it on his own. So I like Moose. I've always been a fan of EC3 and, and Impact. You know, he's shown that what you can do once you're out of the WWE system, you can flourish, and he flourished you know, completely. Uh, I really love. I liked him more as a heel than I did as a babyface, but I really like Moose, and I think Moose is Moose is showing more of what he can do, not only in the ring and his and how agile he is as a big man, but also on the microphone. All right, Mike Mills, Brian Malonis. Before Brian, you give us your your official ruling on is TNA still WWE light? I'm going to put you on the spot, Mike Mills. Yeah. We're talking about, you know, this is being a courtroom and the defense lawyer. I want you to give your defense, if you could, why TNA is different. Why is it it's, its own product and not WWE light? They're not WWE light completely because you got the Hardys who are able to do their thing where they can, you know, have, I guess, that creative control to, to talk and, and do as they please and then shoot those segments like with the, with the decay and then, um, you know, final deletion. So that's definitely not WWE light. Matter of fact, I still feel like WWE tried to copy them when they did the Wyatts in the New Day uh, at the, I guess they called it the Wyatts compound or the whatever it was, a Wyatt ranch. Right. I don't know the term that they gave it at that point in time. So I definitely think that's it's not WWE light from that. Also, you know, I, I think as much as I hate it, the whole grand champion thing, that's, not, that's definitely not WWE light. <laughs> I still think, I still think the knockouts, they did kind of blaze a trail for what women's wrestling should have been many years ago. I think WWE, you know, let's not give WWE credit for the whole putting away the diva thing. Because if you ask me, they took forever to do that. They, they, were, they were a year or two late from changing it from divas to women's wrestling. Um, so I, I do not think they are completely WWE like. They're just not. So that's my take on it. No, they're not. Well, not the strongest defense of, of, of <laughs> TNA, but Brian. Let's go to you. After watching two hours of Impact Wrestling, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I, I just, I think I'm going to use Mike's words against him because Uh-oh. we're not, we're not arguing the completeness of are they WWE light? And he, he said it himself. They're not completely WWE light, which indicates to me that Mike believes that, yeah, they are WWE light. Do they have different aspects in their show? Uh, yes, but uh, I mean, look at the talent on their shows. Whereas a lot of the top talent uh, originated in WWE, uh, how did they open their program with the new champion cutting a promo, setting setting up something later in the night? Even with as we're talking about the women's division, how their women's division or their excuse me their knockout division blazed a trail. But at the inception of the knockout division, why didn't they just call it a women's division there? Why did they call it a knockout division? Oh, that's right, because WWE called the the divas division, so they had oh, to have boy. they had to have a moniker as well. I think that in all honesty, I could have just sat back, relaxed, put up my feet, had a had a second cup of coffee because you guys made my point for me. Impact Wrestling is WWE light. Thank you very much. Fury must have knocked Malonis upside the head really hard <laughs> last night. Oh, Brian, I, I should have known. You're so pig-headed. There's no way to get through to you. <laughs> but you guys spent like 45 minutes here telling me all the ways that they are the same. I think if we had you sit down and watch one of the like the Great War from Bound for Glory, which was the last in the series, the final deletion, the the Hardys, um, 
you know, their new style of match with the, you know, the backstage vignettes and the, the drones and such. I think maybe you would have been swayed a little more, but uh, unfortunately there was nothing like that on this uh, episode of Impact. Put it this way. If I, if I was in some legal trouble, I would not be hiring the law firm of Mike and Mike to defend me because <laughs> you guys spent 45 minutes making my point for me. I mean, Why? I don't have a law degree, so that's probably a good fucking move. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't go to school to be a lawyer, so I mean, I I can't disagree with you there. All right, so we got through all this, and Brian Malonis hasn't changed his position one iota, so oh my goodness. All right, we want to hear from you folks. Do you think that TNA is WWE late? Do you have a better defense of TNA? We'd love to hear from you. Please, Tweet us at the WPAN. Use the hashtag WPAN. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the WPAN. Let us know what you think about TNA on Twitter and Facebook. Mike Mills, Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. You got the Smoky Mountain Review Podcast. So great to have you here. Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to plug as we wrap this up? No, um, I appreciate y'all having me on again. It's always good, always a fun time talking to you and the Kingpin, even though the Kingpin's being pigheaded about this whole WWE <laughs> light thing with Impact Wrestling. Really had a good time, man. It's awesome. So, yeah, just uh, follow us on Twitter at BTT underscore podcast, and I'm also on there at Mike504Saints. You can download us pretty much everywhere, whether it's iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, if you have an uh, Android device, TuneIn Radio. If you just search Booking the Territory, you'll find us. And we drop shows twice a week, uh, once on Sunday nights and once on Thursday nights. This week we have on, I guess, newest member of the kingdom with Ring of Honor, uh, Vinny Marcellia, someone from you guys' neck of the woods. And Vinny has been on my show before. Vinny came back on. Uh, we, we had, it's funny how it worked out because we had planned to do it where, you know, he's a big horror movie buff. So when we talked back in March, I was like, yeah, come back on in October. And it just so happened. You know, not to let any spoilers out, but there's pictures online. So he was a uh, ROH stuff. He did some ROH stuff. Let's just say that. So, <laughs> he's, uh, been twe- he's been tweeting and Facebooking about it though. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Since> it happened. <laughs> right. Right. So, I, but other than that, I don't want to let it let much more out than that. But uh, yeah, Vinny's a real cool guy. So Vinny was my guest this week. You know, and both of you have been on. Uh, I would say uh, Crockett and I had a real good time, Malonis. Um, yeah. So uh, it was a. Uh, it was, a, it was a real good. So if y'all can check us out, it'd be great, man. Like I said, you can find us anywhere. And then we do our Smoky Mountain Wrestling Recaps, which is a look back on the, I will call it the last territory with Jim Cornette. Those are the ones that drop on Sunday night. So uh, follow us on or like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash booking the territory. And that's, a, that's about it, man. I appreciate y'all having me on again. And you're crossing your fingers to get uh, Jim Cornette actually on the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Podcast, right? Cornette is on record with saying on his show, I think it may have been like episode 144 of his. I can't remember the exact episode, but Cornette said flat out he was coming on this winter. So we're about to get into the winter. Uh, Cornette said he was going to come on when his schedule lightened. And I know he just got back from the UK. So he's supposed to be getting with me and is supposed to be a guest on the show soon i mean he promised he, he sent me a message too he said he'd be on once his schedule lightened up so uh cornet's a busy guy even in retirement uh, i don't have to tell anyone that so uh yeah he's he's supposed to be on and we're really looking forward to it because uh cornet just has a way with words and i'm sure it'll be a lot of fun having him on. <laughs> definitely yeah that'll be great for you guys so we'll look uh, yeah. we'll look forward to that coming up in the winter and mike mills thank you so much for uh joining us here today on a wrestling podcast about nothing and i'm sure we'll have you back again sometime soon 
always a great time. Always love doing it. Just let me know, and uh, I would uh, love to come back on, man. Thanks, Thanks very Mike. much. Okay, and now we're moving on to Merv Griffin time. Brian, it is named for your favorite episode of Seinfeld, our favorite show. And it is the talk show within a talk show, our chance to sit down with the listeners and talk. We talk to you, and most importantly, you talk to us. And Brian, the call went out. It wasn't pleading. I wasn't begging, but we got voicemails. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Voicemail number one. Crack socks, pink pen. It's your old friend, Big Woody. I'm going to put you out of your misery here, Crack socks. Everybody knows there's two kinds of heel laughs. There's your mid-promo <laughs> laugh. Then there's your the kingpin reeling off his third straight win in the Dirt Street Chapel. Almost like he knew the answers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Big Woody. If I couldn't love you anymore, I love you more than ever. Big Woody, uh... <laughs> <laughs> took care of me uh, when I recently went to APW, and we'll talk about that uh, at some point. But now he is indulging me in a heel laugh, and there's no better feeling, Brian, than when one of your concepts begins to flourish. <laughs> and I feel it's coming. The yeah. magic is building. Building now? Yes, it is. <laughs> so let's go to our next voicemail. Here we go. Hey, what's up, guys? It's the unequaled one, Todd Sopel here, the spray tan Superman, the metrosexual man of steel himself, fellow three king in Atlantic Pro Wrestling with the aforementioned Mr. Brian Malonis. And I thought I would uh, offer a little something different to your voicemail line. Usually you have guys like this insufferable dink, R.J. DeLuise, you know, calling, oh, why don't you put me on your show? Oh, why don't you put me on your show, blah, blah, blah. I thought I would offer a little reprieve from that and... Scratch Mr. Crockett's heel laugh itch. So, without any further ado, here we go. <clears throat> Great job, guys. Love the show. Oh my goodness! Wow. Well, good thing my friends are coming are coming through for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you had any friends, maybe they could help you out. <laughs> oh, Brian, that is not like. Thank you very much, Todd Sopel. Uh, as he said, and a member of the Three Kings with you and Atlantic Pro Wrestling. So yes, your buddy's coming through for me. That is that's that's nice. It's like we're we're all friends here at the wrestling podcast about nothing, right? Well I'm about to give you something before I exit the podcast, so what does that mean? <laughs> uh oh. That was a heel laugh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much to Big Woody and Todd Sopel, but we want to hear from you guys too. Get your voicemails in. We'll play them on the podcast. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Get in on it. The heel laugh revolution is taking control. Right? Sure. Well, at least two people. Maybe your buddies over at Checking the Boots that you love so much can uh, help us out with that sometime, huh? I would love it. I would love it. Okay, the other way to participate here in Merv Griffin Time is using our hashtag on Twitter. Hashtag WPAN if you want to be a part of Merv Griffin Time. Steven, at HHHGuy2004, a longtime fan of the podcast. Thanks very much to him. He says, Merv Griffin Time, I agree with Brian. Dixie has always tried to be a Vince or Stephanie-like character. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, well, I mean, we couldn't change the Kingpin's mind. He is... <laughs> he's very stubborn. 
very stubborn. We presented a very strong case. Uh, what, what, yeah, but very strong case for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Stephen also says that the Edge wrestling promo about nothing wasn't the worst one you've ever played. Yeah, the Edge part of that uh, Brood promo from last week, episode 25, uh, we played the Brood's first ever promo in the WWF, and the Edge part of it was okay. I mean, it was very much scripted. He delivered it, I guess, as well as you could, and uh, there was a fantastic heel laugh involved. But yeah, it definitely wasn't the worst promo we've ever played. The Gangrel part of it uh, could have been. Could have been. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, talk about TK at T-Hog94, also a uh, longtime fan, and we appreciate it very much. He says, speedochubby.com sounds like a real thing, and that scares me. Yeah, it, it is a real thing, TK. <laughs> it is a very real thing, and the Playboy is very much on it. <laughs> and, and this has been confirmed? You've gone onto this website? Yes, yes, I did. When I heard that he he was on the website, I had to go check it out for myself. Oh, my goodness gracious. (laughs) I will not be checking it out. And TK, I don't blame you if you don't check it out either. (laughs) Brian has done the legwork for us. Help out out our friends over at (laughs) speedochubby.com. Oh, no, no, no. That's one plug. Friends friends of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, why the hell not? (laughs) Speedochubby.com. All right. John Morse. My hero from last week who was uh, attempting to get the win a date with Todd Sinclair thing over. But uh, I think maybe even he's abandoned it at this point. But uh, thank you very much for your effort, John Morris. He is at J-O-N-S-U-P-R-M-N. He said he just got his tickets for Top Rope Promotions. How much does Brian Malonis's shirt cost at shows? And he said, hashtag free. Well, no, my, uh, my response here will be the same as on Twitter. High fives are free. But t-shirts are twenty dollars. <laughs> no WPAN discount. Uh, one for twenty, two for forty. We'll do. How about that? Oh, all right, that's very well done. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right, folks. Remember, use the hashtag WPAN and talk to us on Twitter. I am at Crocsox. Brian is at Brian Malonis, and the podcast Twitter is at the WPAN. Thanks to everyone who is a part of Merv Griffin Time this week, and we look forward to talking to you on Twitter, hearing your voicemails, and we will bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Okay, Brian, let's get into Big Woody's favorite segment, the promo about nothing. All right. Herb Abrams, Brian, is this a name that's familiar to you? Um, No, no, not, not particularly. Well, he's kind of, uh, there's been a lot of talk of him recently on podcasts I've been listening to, the 605 Super Podcast, and Mike Mills' book in the territory. Uh, Herb Abrams was the promoter of the Universal Wrestling Federation, the UWF, uh, no relation to Bill Watts's UWF, which came a few years before. Herb Abrams was a very unique individual, and the UWF was made up of a lot of ex-WWE guys, and... They had a lot of unique ideas and a lot of unique stuff going on. I've found a number of these promos, and we'll probably get into a bunch of these down the line. But this promo in particular caught me, and I want you to take a listen to this, and then I'll have a couple questions for you, Brian, after we listen to this promo about nothing with the Viking. 
Yes, you know who I am. I don't need no introduction. I don't have to tell my name all over again. And I don't have to tell you how bad I am or how vicious I am. Because when you come to see me wrestle with the UWF, in one second, you know where I come from and where I'm going. Because I challenge anybody, anywhere, anytime, in what kind of match you ever want. Because I am climbing to the top in everybody's and over everybody. So be there. I'll be back. A more compelling emotional promo <laughs> we've never had here on the Promo by Nothing segment. <laughs> Was that Dolph Lundgren? <laughs> well, I, I had I said I have a question for you, Brian. Do you know who this guy is? I'll give you a hint. We have mentioned him on the show, and I'll even tell you we talked about him during the episode with Todd Sinclair. Episode with Todd Sinclair. Who is talk- this man? We talked about him with Todd? Perhaps. Oh boy. Um I don't I don't know. I mean he really looked like Dolph. I really thought it was Dolph Lundgren for a second. Well, he ended the promo with I'll be back. So he's I mean I guess he's going for a Viking robot thing, like the Terminator. What, what, the, what the hell was on his hand when he brought up his hand? Like what the hell was that? I, I don't even know. Was it was it <laughs> Thor's hammer? What was that? I don't know. I have no clue. <laughs> okay, Brian. So you give up, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know I don't know who this is. This man, his name is Tony Halmy, also known oh, as Ludwig Borga? Borga. Yes, that's who that was. All right, that makes sense now. He kind of looks like Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I have to go back and watch the Ludwig Borga promos, but I don't think they were as monotone and as unbelievable. I mean, not unbelievable, but as non-believable as as this promo was. My goodness, <laughs> just kind of. Running through this, like with no emotion, no feeling, not believing a word of it, this guy was. We'll say, well, maybe this is an example of, uh, you know, being given something you don't believe in, <laughs> not really being able to <laughs> dial it up. <laughs> and this, you have to go and check this out. Find the link in the description of this episode or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on BDARadio.com. You have to see the way this shot is framed, too. It's like his head, he has the Viking helmet on, and it's just his head, like from the neck up. On the screen, just smack dab in the middle. And yeah, there was just, you know, you think you get uh, or shot tight of his face. You think like, you know, you'd see the emotion in the face. But uh, <laughs> that was no. what happened here with the Viking. Not at all. Not at all. As I said, we'll have more from Herb Abrams UWF. And you really should check out uh, Booking the Territory uh, this probably two weeks ago at this point for the full story of Herb Abrams, who passed away. And I'll just say this. He passed away covered in baby oil. Oh, brother. Yes. <laughs> it is quite an interesting story. And um, throw Mike Mills a download and listen to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast for the full story on Herb Abrams. This guy was something else. Okay. Before we get to your stuff, Brian, let me just get this out of the way. The Mutual Admiration Society, uh, as named by TK at THOG94. Thanks very much, as always, TK. Check in the boots, Pro Wrestling Podcast, at Referee Tony S, at Chip K C T B. This week, Brian, Chip went it alone. It is hashtag Chip Pod on Check in the Boots. This week, Tony is off uh, vacationing, so Chip went it alone for a full hour. 
check it out. There might be a mention of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. I did contribute a little uh, talking point for the Chip Pod. So um, check out Check in the Boots every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, the Hurricane Rana Podcast. They are at the Hurricane Rana on Twitter, and they do Facebook Live every Wednesday night. They record their show live, and you can watch them do it. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Brian. I actually spoke to Adam Salzer and Jason Stewart, the hosts of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, and I actually caught the show, and they put us over. They talked about the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, and I told Jason that we will talk about them. They're on the list. They're in Inc., the Mutual Admiration Society. They're a part of it. They've been good to us, and we will be good to them right back, and we uh, appreciate the plug for the wrestling podcast about nothing. Also, the New Era podcast at the New Era Pod. They're doing stuff. They did an interview, as I mentioned recently, with Billy King. Make sure to check that out. And OK Fabe, have you heard? Is the baby here? I, I haven't heard yet. Have you heard, Brian? I have not. I have not heard. No. I didn't see anything. I checked his Twitter and didn't see anything uh, about a baby on the way. He is uh, moments away from becoming a father for the second time. So, early congratulations to at OKFabe on Twitter. Make sure you check out his YouTube. And as I mentioned last week, Patreon.com. Search OKFabe. Maybe slide him a couple of bucks. He's going to need it. He's got a new baby coming. So uh, from there, Brian, with Mutual Admiration Society closed out, you are hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and it's date time. Yes, yes. In the interest of, because uh, uh, I was on with a couple of windbags this week, I'll uh, I'll keep it short and sweet, Mike. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this coming weekend, two big events uh, that I'll be a part of. First on Friday night, uh, as alluded to when we were talking about Impact Wrestling, the Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Champions, the Broken Hardys, will be on the event that I'm on Friday night, Top Rope Promotions. That's going to be in Fall River. I go to brownpapertickets.com. I do know tickets are selling very fast or have sold very fast. And the last I heard, I think the third up to the third row had already sold out. So uh, get your tickets in advance for that. Uh, myself, I'll be in a dog collar match with nightmare nick Steele. whoa uh, yeah yeah i don't i don't i don't like this business of uh being chained up like a dog but you know sometimes uh sometimes business gotta be taken care of you know well yes the, and... kid, the kid's gonna eat <laughs> and john morse <laughs> will be there and anyone else that's listening right now that attends the top rope show come out to the kingpin say hello and tell him you listen to the show i'm sure he will appreciate it. i would appreciate it as well and yeah, uh, buy it buy a t-shirt buy an eight by ten <laughs> we appreciate that maybe even a little more right i would i don't know about you you probably don't care but <laughs> yeah i don't at all on to your next date brian yeah so then this weekend again saturday night i will be in south hadley massachusetts for pioneer valley pro wrestling uh once again locking horns with a guy uh who probably is idle at this point he fancies himself as uh you know wanting to be uh the best big man in new england but uh, not on my watch uh wrecking ball ligurski uh, go one on one with Wrecking Ball Ligurski again this Saturday night. Wait, Brian, are you saying that uh, Wrecking Ball is Kingpin Light? <laughs> That'd be an insult to me. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what? I'll let I'll let him and uh, Ace Romero battle over uh, the best big man in New England because uh, I'm I'm going to be the best big man in the world. So how about that? 
All right. Before we get out of here, a special shout out to the podcast with little talent, but lots of extra belly fat. A man walks into an arm bar, BDA Radio's MMA podcast hosted by Chad Alden and Paul St. Eamon Jr. You can find a couple of armchair shoot fighters. <laughs> you can find them wherever you get your podcasts or find all the episodes at bdaradio.com and don't forget we're giving you something extra on youtube folks snippets of interviews that you missed exclusive bonus audio every thursday and you vote on what we talk about on twitter search the wpan on youtube and subscribe and finally for more on the wrestling podcast about nothing head over to your home for mma and wrestling talk bda radio Dot com. Okay, folks, we'll be back next Monday with another episode of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. He is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I am Mike Crockett. And until then, thanks for nothing.